Thank you for listening to a Wednesday night class from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these classes or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's class. Okay, if I could have your attention, I'm going to get all this started here. Um, Tonight, um, I would like to uh, just refer you back to some additional information about the Myers-Briggs. I had some good questions about um, some of the scores, uh, the T and the A and some different elements. And so I would like to address those with you uh, just briefly. And if you'd like to talk more about them, I'd be happy uh, to do that for you. Um, In your handout tonight that we have, I'm going to be working off of this a little bit because I've got some additional information here. Um, I have given you some additional Myers-Briggs information on the first sheet. It's like one in like a quarter page. And it explains some of the temperamental qualities um, a little bit more. I went back through my files and I found this and I thought that was really kind of cool. Um, I'm going to work my way to this third page right here of these 16 traits that are in um, these forms that will allow for you to see some of the spiritual strengths of your traits. So we're going to actually work our way to that um, more near the end. Um, so if you get bored and you just want to thumb through it, you can find your trait. You can kind of read through your trait and kind of keep one ear up here as well. Um, and what I'd like to do is walk you through um, some of this um, handout up here. Uh, a couple of things that I want to just affirm to you. Remember that the scripture is, um, if you will, a pathway to relating to God. The truth, the way is found there, and we're actually trying to relate to the Lord. Your personality also um, is kind of like a pathway, that there are certain qualities and characteristics about God that might be more attractive to you based upon your personality. So let me take you back to the idea of the four different personalities as they relate to some concepts about God. If you have an SJ personality, you like details and you like to put them in order. Remember, I identified that as God as creator. You like to take the materials. You like to take the world around you. You like to organize them in some way, hand them to a person as your gift and your offering, and you create something. And you like to do that over and over again. So routine tasks are a way that you love people. So your house being in order, meals at the same time, kids going to bed at the same time, having um, a church service, if I could just kind of open that up, that's more orderly, that makes sense, that has some routines and some predictability in it, is very meaningful to you. Okay, that's that creation that's just kind of like clockwork. The SP personality is the walk around Jesus. That means you get started with something, you get distracted, and you meet needs. This is the need meeting personality. And a lot of churches have fewer SPs in them because they like to have creativity, do things a little bit differently. Um, I kind of call it spirituality on the go, where you have to learn how to kind of nurture yourself. You start things and then you could feel really bad that you don't finish them. Um, High on spontaneity so that you can meet people's needs. And that's really kind of cool. And so um, that's actually a trait that I have tried to develop in me because I'm a J instead of a P. So uh, the way that I walk through church, I try to be the interruptible Jesus. Uh, When I walk around the campus at Ozark Christian College, I try to stop and have conversations with people rather than make them feel like I'm um, too busy 
to have that. And Jesus let people have access to him. And so that the SP is very important to me that I would be able to develop the hospitality of God through that personality, if that makes sense to you. So that's very important. The NF is like the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're the NF personality, you like the big picture, you're strongly emotive, you're loyal, you like families, you like to express things emotionally, you like to kind of see where um, the movement of God is going, and a lot of worship leaders are that way. Really good worship leaders know how to capture a moment and let it sit so that people can connect to God through that emotional experience. So sometimes a song is very emotional and it repeats itself, um, and that allows for people to settle into the lyrics. It's not like we're just going to repeat them because we want to repeat them. Some psalms repeat themselves so that the sheer repetition lets you settle into the emotional expression of God. That's an NF. And so the next time that you are singing a song and you go, how many times are we going to sing this song? Uh, what I want you to know is God never gets tired of being praised and glorified. And if you get really mad, then read Psalm 136 and then repent. Because his loving kindness, um, uh, was it his loving kindness goes on forever or something like that is in that, you know, his loving kindness lasts forever is really important. It just repeats itself. So God gives that to you because he wants to build some guardrails. And then the NT is about um, truth, about um, God speaking directly to you. It's about um, rules. It's about analyzing. And I kind of look at Father God a little bit like this. And this one can end up being a little bit harsh because it lands on truth, where NF kind of lands on relationship. Um, so when you're looking at these traits, you can see God involved. And so your personality kind of draws you to God. So here's one thing that I have started to say to my students that I want to give to you. You lean into God and you say, help me be connected to you in a way that's meaningful and God will keep drawing you to him because he knows how to do that. So if you feel lonely or you're not really sure, then just say, I really want to experience you in a way that's really meaningful for me. Prayer is one of those ways that I want to introduce you to, especially to breath prayers tonight that have been very, very helpful for me. Um, as I lead a very busy life. Um, my, one of my biggest sins is distraction. I don't know about you. I, I set out to accomplish something. I want to interact with the Lord in a particular way, and I just get distracted on the way. I'm a J. You know, we live in a very complicated world. I hear something on the news. Somebody wants to talk to me about something. Um, Van and I are working on something, and it ends up taking more time. I'm committed to my family, and... And meeting those family needs takes more time than what I want. And I get all the way through the day and I think, oh my goodness, I wasn't able to really accomplish what I really wanted to accomplish. So I want to give you some skills that all the personalities can use tonight in this idea of breath prayers. So we're going to go into the power of prayer. Oops, sorry. Um, and let me give this to you, which I thought was really kind of nice. I know it's a little bit hard to see on the end, but you can look at it, is that this will give you a little bit of an idea, if you have taken the 16 personalities, what your personality emphasizes. Now, here's the really cool thing about a chart like this. I don't mean to um, give this to you to simply say you're stuck in this, but um, all the personalities have an aspect of God, and when we put everybody together, you get to see a reflection of God in the world around you. So um, that's going to be really, really cool. I can see on the right-hand side, you can't really see that very well. So let me read this for you on, up here. The, on the right-hand side, red, I apologize, it's red and didn't come through. This is the INTJ. It says everything can be improved. 
Here's what you need to know about the, um, the NTJ is the um, tinkerer, the person who sees something and can see how it might be a little bit better. So if you have that, you're, you're going to want to improve things. That's the INTJ, everything can be improved. The INTP, a love of problem solving, INTP. So I think about it and I want to find creative solutions to a problem because the NT is that analyzing person and the P is doing it spontaneously. So I, don't, I can have boundaries, but I want to find creative ways to solve that problem. The ENTP, um, one more exciting challenge. Um, give it to me, I can handle it. And I, I love a new challenge, I love new experiences, and I will be competent in that challenge. That's the ENTP. And the ENTJ, it says life's natural leaders. Uh, is that they tend to rise to the top and want to um, lead groups or people or something like that. These are the people that if you're working in a group and nobody um, actually steps up to lead, they're more likely to do that because um, they have a hard time when nobody's leading. And so they'll, they'll do that. So that's what those signs say. So this is just for you to look at that and um, just kind of go, okay, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if that really applies to me. Um, if you scored really um, similarly on your traits, like a very little difference, then pick all of the ones up here that kind of match you because uh, we're very complex and there might be more than one really good expression of you. So uh, that's just for you to take a look at, um, which is cool. Now, we're going to get into some of this. Spiritual life by temperament. Um, and I've, I found this online. There's been a lot of work that's been done about the temperaments and um, the way in which the saints, the church fathers, people that have been very influential um, in our history as Christians actually write and think and respond. So again, if you have taken the test and you can find out where you're at, you can take a look at maybe, if I could say this, your spiritual heart language. This is what you really like. And when um, somebody does, gives you this experience, you go, I can connect with that. As long as it's done appropriately and in order, um, and biblically, you know, I mean, we're just going to kind of assume that these are things that can be really helpful for you. So on the left is the SJ. Um, that's the Ignatius Awareness Examine. If you went through that and you went, oh, I really like the structure, I like the flow, I like the routine, you are an SJ. Everybody else looks at that and goes, this is the same, this is really kind of boring, I'm not sure that I really like this, okay? So that really resonates. Um, notice you place yourself at a scene, that's really important. An SJ looks at the details, and asks yourself, okay, if I could think about what that might have smelled like, what that might have looked like, what if I were actually there, that allows for you to access um, some creative sides of you. And this is sometimes hard for the SJ, but you can actually ask yourself, especially if you have a strong F, what would that feel like? What, what did the woman who was hemorrhaging feel like when Jesus turned around and said, who touched my robe? Who touched the hem of my garment? What do you think she felt like? A shame? Fear? Concern? No, no, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. What do you think that was like? And when he compassionately reached for her, she who was unclean and restored dignity to her, what do you think she felt like after that? That's the SJ. Put yourself at the scene. What do you think that was actually like? Because you can look at all those details and you can see the organization of it. Um, duty. SJs are all duty. If you're not loyal like an SJ, they get really upset at you. 
They like, you like to be on time. You like to be committed. That's very, very important is duty. And duty is not a bad thing. In our culture, it's like, yeah, I don't want to be hemmed in. Well, that might be a sign of immaturity more than um, something else. But duty is a really important thing. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, right? And all U.S. SJs are going, yes, somebody finally said that. This is the heart language of the SJ. And if you say it too harshly to somebody who's like, ah, I'm struggling with that, you can like, come off as legalistic. You can come off as uncaring in some way. But this is really important for the SJ. And you read the scripture and you go, that's what I want to do. Now, the danger is, is that all SJs have a high, um, a high uh, standard for their own behavior and they have a high standard for everybody else. So you got to watch that because sometimes we can miscue the ability of somebody else to meet that standard, like children or like a friend who's really struggling, and then they might not feel like they're being supported. So you got to watch that. But as far as knowing the right thing to do, or if I could say this, knowing a good thing to do, SJs are great at that. They're very, very good at that. So I will actually use SJs to say, tell me something good that can be done to organize this and make it move forward. And those are some of my chosen people that really help me, because that's not my strongest suit. And then Matthew and James tend to be SJs. So when you're looking at that, you could actually begin to read the scripture like, okay, they tend to be SJs. Now, here's a warning. I don't like it when we look back on scripture and we box in New Testament writers or characters with modern day characteristics like ADHD or obsessive compulsive disorder or a certain kind of temperament. Okay, I just, I don't like that. Um, it's one of my... One of my desires to keep the word of God pure uh, away from our own preconceived ideas. But as you look at these guys, James is really more like an SJ kind of a book than anything else. It's orderly. It's structured. It's about doing the right thing. It's about loving in the right way. You know, really going the extra mile, some of those things. And so you can kind of read a little bit. But I would just say be a little bit cautious. But if you're an SJ, read those and see what you think about the order and the structure and What's actually going on? So you've got all of these elements on here that we'll, um, we'll get a little bit of a chance to look at. So this is really kind of cool. So I give that to you to say the image of God is found in the church fathers and in the scripture with accents. Isn't that cool? With accents, you can find them. They can find them. And so what you want to do is find the one that you're not as good at. And that's where your spiritual growth needs to be in. We're going to talk more about that next week. The areas that you're not as good in. So if you're really emotionally expressive and you lead with your emotions, you might not be very good telling yourself the truth. You might be very good at giving grace and giving yourself a break, but you might have a really hard time dealing with the harshness of the reality of the situation, which means you have to grow in that area. I'm not saying become harsh. I'm just simply saying, yeah, it really is that way, and that's hard for me. That's okay. Uh, for other people, you might be able to tell it like it is, but nobody feels like you love them <laughs> because all you sound like is a critical, harsh-minded person, and they don't feel like you really care about them. And so you got to look at that and say, well, how do I care about people even though I can speak the truth? And this is where spiritual growth comes in. And so uh, you're among friends here, and I want you to begin. I don't want you to feel bad. I just want you to look at that and say, how can you do a better job? Because here's the key. A mature person can move around and do more than one of these temperamental traits. That's what you want. You want to access the one you need. So I'm an ENTJ. I can speak the truth to you. If you ask me, no, Peter, what do you really think? I will actually pray before I open my mouth. Do I really want to say what I really think? Do I really want to say it? Scott's laughing at me. He knows this. 
because it can come out as too harsh. It just can. But if you ask me, no, no, tell me what you really think about this, I'll just think, Are you, do you have your suit on? Are you ready? Because I can tell you in unvarnished, that's what I hear, in unvarnished language, tell me what you think. If you tell me, well, tell me how you feel, I, I have an easy answer. Fine. I feel fine. That's what I always feel. Fine. Sometimes I feel angry, but I'm normally fine. Because that's my weaker area. I don't have the color to do that, but I can tell you what I think. So with just that, you can look at me and say, oh, Buckland, you can have some problems. You could just like blast the skin off of people and they could walk around skinless and bleeding all over the place because you told them what you thought. And that's not really in love. And sometimes you're, you're going to be emotionally compromised. You're not even going to know. I need to know that for myself because I live in a fallen world and I am broken. I'm not going to function the way that I need to 100% of the time. And you aren't either. So you're among friends. So what I want you to begin thinking about is, well, how does this kind of work for me? And what's an area that I need to work on? So when I was telling you about the walk about Jesus, this part right here, um, application, service, using the five senses, being aware of what's going on, I actually picked that because I'm a J and I go from point A to point B, get out of my way, I'm a bulldozer, I got stuff to do. That's not the way that Jesus walked through his ministry. And I was convicted about that while I was doing this. And I thought, I need to change that. I don't need to be that way all the time, but there are times I need to be that way. I have to be if I really want to make a difference in people's lives and love people in ways that are meaningful. Here's my challenge for you. What do you need to add? I want you to begin thinking about that, not out of criticism, but to blend it so that you can have a more full-bodied experience with the Lord. So um, here are some things. Here's some next steps. We've talked about the Lectio Divina, so I won't go on. I want to talk to you about the Orthodox prayer. And I want to introduce to you something very, very ancient. I will bring in the Orthodox prayer rope. I didn't bring it in. I, I forgot to grab it. Um, so I'll bring that in maybe next week. Um, the Orthodox prayer. This is Eastern Orthodox. Does anybody in here have roots in the Eastern Orthodox Church by any chance? Because we normally don't. Here we, we have more roots in the Catholic group than the Eastern Orthodox. Well, um, when Christianity was all together, um, there was a schism, a split um, in the... Ten hundreds, and the Eastern Orthodox Church took the prayer rope, uh, which ultimately in the Catholic Church became the rosary. So the Eastern Orthodox prayer rope is actually what Christians would use in order to learn how to pray without ceasing. So if you come from a non-liturgical background, here's what I want for you to see. Whenever a Christian starts to do something, you can lose the meaning of it, and it can just become empty ritual. What the Christians were doing in an illiterate, illiterate culture was trying to take 1 Thessalonians 5.13, pray without ceasing, literally. And your mind can actually have a conversation with God while you're doing some other things. And they took this prayer, which is straight out of Luke, as their statement to simply say, I want humility before the Lord. And a good Eastern Orthodox person begins with reciting this prayer 3,000 times a day to start with. 3,000 times a day to learn how to pray without ceasing. And then you go to 6,000 times a day. Then you go to 9,000 times a day. And then you go to trying to pray it all the time. So this was their idea about learning how to pray without ceasing. Whether you like that idea or not, I just want you to hear their heart. 
Their heart is we want to be able to connect with God in a way that allows for us to be humble before him. Now, this is the publican and the sinner where, you know, the publican came and he was all proud and he said, I'm so grateful, God, that I am not like this sinner. And the sinner said, oh, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. So it was a it was a way to stay humble. Uh, if I could just kind of give it to you like that. And it just became a part of the church. So I have I take weird things. I teach a class like this and I thought this is probably the weirdest thing for me because I grew up in a church that said, do not pray in vain repetitions. How many of you had that? Like me, don't don't recite the same thing over and over again and just do it because it could become empty. I actually agree with that. It can become empty. So how do you keep it fresh? So this was my task because I teach this with students. Okay, we're going to look at the history of the church. What was the intention of the Christians to stay humble and fresh before the Lord? So I have taken this prayer and I have done some things with it. Um, I keep an Eastern Orthodox prayer rope at the head of my bed. And sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'll grab that and I will look at that. It has 100 beads on it. I'll bring that to your or, or ties. And there are special ties that um, are very hard to untie. And the belief was that if you could tie the prayer, the prayer rope that way, Satan couldn't undo your prayers. I know, welcome to the mysticism of the preliterate age. I think that's just really interesting to me. I'm like, that. how did they get that? I'd never been able to find that out. I'm like, Satan, of course, can't undo prayers anyway, but they didn't know that. And so out of the superstition, they created a knot that you cannot easily untie. I've actually learned how to tie this knot. It's, it's like complicated. And when I messed up, I made my own little prayer rope because I thought I need to do this so that I can see what it's like. Um, it was fairly complicated. And the whole idea is every time that you tie the knot, you say these prayers. And you're praying for the person who will pray the prayers using that prayer rope. So I think it's really kind of interesting. You and I don't normally live in these circles. But that's, that's kind of, I mean, they're, they're taking this seriously. Please be with this person who's learning how to be close to you, Lord, by praying a scripture prayer to you over and over again to stay humble. Okay, that's what they're asking, which is really kind of fascinating. Um, and so anyway, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a father. That's how I keep it fresh. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a professor. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, an overwhelmed elder. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a person who is emotionally not able to respond very well. I just kind of add my own little bit. And what I'm asking, mercy is all of the good qualities of God wrapped up for the benefit of his children. That's what it is. And this mirrors the loving kindness in the Old Testament, the hesed, the, the highest quality of God. And the idea of mercy is that God is going to take everything that he has and he's going to give it to you. So when I pray, I just say, would you please shower me with mercy because I don't have everything that I know how to do. That's how I have redeemed this prayer. And I don't pray 3,000 times a day, but there are times, especially, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get like emotionally compromised. I get mad. I get inconvenienced. I'm driving down range line. We won't even go there half the time. I'm driving where there's a lot of other people. And for whatever reason, I believe that I should be king of the road. And I should be able to go where I want at the speed that I want, moving along, and people are getting in my way. Now, I know nobody else feels that way in here. But when that selfishness kicks up, this prayer becomes really important. Because I have prayed it enough to know this is a breath prayer. This is a short prayer. And I actually will pray it while I'm walking. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a husband, especially after a fight with my wife. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a parent, when I don't know what to do. And those become one of those, they're walk around prayers, and they become a place for me shortly to simply say, Lord, I really need your help. And in the spirit of the saints of old, I want to ask for help this way. This is not the primary prayer that I give like this, but this is one that I have tried to figure out because this is so weird in my history. I grew up in the non-instrumental church of Christ. You don't do anything like this at all. And if they catch you doing it, they'll disfellowship you probably because, my goodness, this is just beyond weird. And so it was just it was a real challenge for me to try to figure out how do you pray Scripture. It would seem that would be normal, don't you think? And to pray it with meaning in some way. And so I, I have done this one. So I want to give this to you. You have it written down. And I, I want to encourage you to maybe pray it. However, um, this next one, this is mine. This is, this is the one I use all the time. Um, I scoured the scripture for something that is repeated. Because again, I want to do biblical things. I don't know about you. I want to do biblical things. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And the living creatures say day and night around the throne, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now there's a prayer that I can pray day and night. If it's good enough for the living creatures around the throne of God, certainly my own prejudicial roots can learn to pray a prayer that God has allowed for his creation to pray to him. This is the only repetitive prayer over and over again that I could find. And I have built um, a memory system based on this. This is how I get connected. I'll do it in the shower. I'll do it while I'm driving. This reminds me that God is holy and I am holy and that he is worth everything that I would ever give to him. And it focuses me back on my identity as his child. This is the one that I use. So when I'm dealing with a hard situation or I don't really know what to do or I'm finding that I'm getting frustrated with whatever is going on, there are times I'll close my eyes, I'll take some of those three deep breaths and I will just say to myself, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it is through the repetition of that that I calm down. It is through the obedience of praying through the scripture that I actually find myself relaxing into trusting him more. So this is my speed one right here. This is what's called a breath prayer. You can do this with any prayer at all, any, any scripture, and you can create your own little breath prayer, this own little re- repetitive way. And the secret is in saying it over, not to where it is a lack of meaning to you. And there are times that I don't pray this prayer because I'm just like, eh. Do you ever get that way? It's like I do something and then it's like, eh, this isn't, I need to do something else. And so I'll read, you know, Isaiah chapter 53 or Isaiah 55 or, you know, one of the magnificent passages. And that will help me. And I might get back to this. So here's what I want you to know. You are never, never away from connecting with God, even if it's this brief. I want you to know that. And we have gotten out of the habit of walking with him in these shorter prayers because we're not doing something long Um, I'll do this while I'm driving. I'll do this in the shower. I'll do this while I'm walking around. Sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, I'll actually start praying, oh, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a counselor. (laughs) I got to say something. 
got to open my mouth and say something, and you've got to help me figure that out. How long does it take God to answer a prayer, by the way? How long? Probably just seconds. Seriously, just seconds. And I figure if it's good enough for Nehemiah when he prayed with King Xerxes about, you know, I prayed to the God of heaven, and I opened my mouth, and I said I'm depressed because my, my capital lies in ruins. And he took the risk, to be honest, and God moved in that moment that I could take the risk to say, Lord, I really need your wisdom to know how to make this connection right now. So here's what I learned how to do. I came from an angry, angry household. And the way that I changed my parenting was through breath prayers. That's how I did it. God is either powerful or he is not. He will either work on a willing heart or he's a liar. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a man who grew up in an angry house. Let me learn peace. Let me, let me direct my kids. These little prayers are extremely powerful because they reveal a willing heart and invite the Lord to work when you don't have time to take the time to really focus. This is great for walk-around prayers. This is, this is great. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll save that one for later. So um, what, what I want you to say, see with this is what could you do and do you do this? Most of the time we don't. And I'd really like for you to practice um, something like that this week. This is your challenge is to write something, use one of these, learn how to say it over and over again. You will feel weird. Now, as Gary Zustiak, one of our professors, um, came from kind of the same background, which many of you come from, which is very biblically based. Don't just say the same thing over and over again. And so he was challenged at the spiritual formation retreat um, to say this while he was walking around. So we have this period of time where we go out and we have four hours of silence and solitude. And in this time period, we encourage people to try some of these things. We have lots of stations set up for them and different activities. And so he was walking. He's like, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy. And he's like, this is really stupid. And right then there was a a um, rooster that crowed. And he went, oh no, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, sinner. <laughs> I love Gary. Here's what I want you to know. You can never go wrong praying scripture. You can never go wrong. What you can do is be disconnected from scripture. That's what becomes a problem. So pick something you like. I pray through Psalm 23, sometimes like this. Psalm 23. It's so important to me, Psalm 23, especially in a, in a crisis situation. I'll repeat it more than once. It's kind of like or I'll pick a part of it, like lead me beside green pastures. Lead me in the paths of righteousness. I'll pray that. And I'll just say, lead me in the paths of righteousness. Lead me in the paths of righteousness. And it's not that I want to be um, disrespectful. It's that I hear in my heart that that is a good appeal for God to work in my life. So I would give that to you. Um, there we go. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is often recited. Did any of you grow up in a church that would recite the Lord's Prayer together? Yeah, this is, Jesus taught us these elements of prayer. And so many Christian people will recite this together. And these are called Our Fathers, if you're from that kind of a background. And I will recite this also at times, is that I just will sit down in my own time. We don't usually do that corporately here. We might read it uh, occasionally or read something, but I will do this in my own devotional life. So let me give you a little Peter Buckland side note for you. 
that I just want you to think about. If Sunday morning has to be everything for you, you will be a grumpy Christian. If you don't do anything else during the week and Sunday morning becomes everything for you, I promise that we will disappoint you. I mean, just think about it temperamentally. Think about what happens in that worship center. That's loud. It is celebratory. You don't have an awful lot of time. Sometimes you just think about things. It's not particularly traditional um, from the elements that we're used to. And so guess what I have done? I've added all of those elements into my day. That I might be able to worship well because it is one expression of a heart that uses multiple expressions to reach the Lord. And so since I have started adding these elements, um, I am much more capable of accepting the gift that comes from the stage than being critical of it. There's plenty to be critical of because there are things that aren't a part of that on a regular basis. So I do those at home. I just do them. So one of the things I loved about Advent was the organization of it. It was a whole different kind of worship service. And it was like, this was so cool. And the music was different. Testimonies were different. I'm like, oh, I like that. And so I just said, you could do that more often. Hint, 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 hint. Because the comments are really positive. But you want to be able to receive, so you have to be nourished um, outside of that. Um, let me think about this. Okay, and this is near the end. So... Open these up, and I want to give you some reflective time, and then I want you to talk about it with your groups, because we're going to run out of time. If you would um, grab your handout and turn to this sheet right here, it's what, page number three and four. Um, I would like for you to find your temperament that's on here, or what you think might be yours, and I'd like for you to read through it. And I would like for you to just comment with your group on what you see as being um, true and what you really like. So this is from tonight's uh, Myers-Briggs is where it is, and it's page number three, and you have these, um, these blocks of things. So if I can point this out for you, that would be really, I'd be happy to do that. So um, just kind of take a look, and if you don't really like what you see, then look for something else that you think matches you. And I'd like for you to reflect on who you are. Uh, because each of these things is um, positive. So uh, the first, like I'm an ENTJ, that's the very last one. I look at that and I'm going, okay, that, that speaks to me. And what I'd like for you to do is identify some things that you like and why you like them. Why you like them. So for me, theological reflection is that I really like to understand the way that things work. And when I can understand um, the way that God is working in the world, that brings me comfort. So I like theological reflection for that reason. I could do without the emotional expression as long as I can have the theological expression. That's an accent. I like the emotional expression, but that's, that whole theological element is really important for me. So I'd like for you to just kind of find an area. I want you to look at that, and I want you to say, this is what I like. And if you... If you're like looking around and you're like, oh, I really like that, I want you to talk about it. I want you to begin talking about what you like. So if you don't find it under your area, just feel free to visit a little bit about that. And I'm going to give you probably, oh, six or seven minutes to look at that and um, talk among your tables about what you like and why you like it. What is it that speaks your spiritual heart language? So let me give you some time to do that. And then we'll do a couple more things and we'll be done with the night. Let's land the plane, and then I'll let you guys talk a little bit more near the end if you would 
like to do that. It's, we've only got a few minutes left tonight. Um, if you would look on page number five, some of you might have looked at it. Here are the temperaments, again, that has a whole listing of qualities about you that are reflective of that temperament. I would give this to you to just be thoughtful about um, as you take a look at growing in your own spiritual life. Um, you can see some of the New Testament actors, um, James, Peter, Paul, and John. Uh, you can see duty, action, vision, and ideas are all a part of those different areas. So here's what I would like for you to just think about at this juncture of our class is this, this part is about you learning about yourself and some ways that people describe um, characteristics of the personality that you have. That's really what I want for you to think about. And I want for you to think that really fits me or that doesn't because they all exist on a continuum. Uh, Because I want for you to select spiritual growth activities that you really, really like, that you are willing to do every day, every day. Because if you want to be a world changer and you want to make a difference for the Lord, He's going to put you in spots and positions where you're going to need him to support you every day. Some days will just be more challenging than others. And what you need to do are have some disciplines, routines, ways of doing things that you like so much that you can fall back on those and they'll be meaningful to you. For example, for me, I am an NT. I love scripture memorization. Absolute straight rote memory. I love that. That is my language. And so what I have done is I have selected scriptures that I will just memorize. I'll say them out loud. I will say them over and over again. I will say them routinely. I will say them every day. And they will become a part of my DNA by simply stating them over and over and over and over and over again. But people that have a P at the end of their personality love the idea of scripture memorization. But they don't always love the discipline of scripture memorization. I love the discipline of it. So my question to somebody that has a P at the end of their uh, personality is, what do you love that, that you love as much as I love scripture memorization? I mean, what, what do you love? Because that's what you have to go back to if you want to really make a difference with the Lord. So this part of the class is about you discovering some of those things. That's why you're getting lists. That's why I want you to just kind of think about it and learn a little bit about yourself from your strengths. Starting next week, I want to deconstruct you and talk to you about your weaknesses because I can predict with you what your problems will be based on your personality. You can lead too much with your strength or you can ignore your weakness and your weakness will trip you up. Those are the two elements because we live in a world where it's hard to have the right kind of um, blend. So I do want you to know that I have given up the word balance. I don't say that you can have a balance in your life because I don't believe that we can. Because every day you need a different balance if, you're, if your life is like mine. The days that you don't feel very well, you need more patience. You need to keep your mouth more quiet. You need to maybe get more rest. Um, And you need to have less activity. You need to have less stress because you might not do as well. And so I like to think of the word blend. And I think of gasoline blends and octane. Just because I'm a guy. That makes sense to me. 
There are times that you need more octane. You need more power in your gasoline in order to allow for your vehicle to pull the amount that it's pulling or go over the terrain that needs to be gone over. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God give you your octane. That's where it comes from. The power of God in your life to bring transformation and wisdom and the Word of God that provides you the direction. And there are some days you just need more of God's ability and more of God's word. So I think in terms of what do I need today? And so I place myself under the lordship of Jesus. He is the head of the church. He is our savior. And the scripture says that he is running the church. And so it's like, Jesus, what do I need today? You give me what I need today. I need to receive it. And there are times that I feel like I'm running on empty. Do you ever feel that way? You just are like, one more thing, Lord, really? One more thing. One more thing. Don't you think that I've had enough today? I sound like an Old Testament prophet sometimes. Don't you think? Come on. And what I do is I go back to these scripture memorization. And then after I've done that for a little while, I go right to prayer. Because for me, I can know something about God by scripture memorizing without actually talking to him. And that, I've learned that about myself because I can fall into that. So when I go through Psalm 23... I will change that to a prayer. I'll start with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will go to you, Jesus, are my shepherd. I need you to give me what I need right now. I will take that psalm and I will personalize it in my prayer. After I have sort of centered on that psalm, I can do it in a car. Sometimes I excuse myself to a bathroom. Sometimes I accidentally need to go get a drink. Sometimes I need to just get outside and clear my mind for just a very short period of time. I look on this as a snack. I'd like a lot of good nutrition, but sometimes I have to snack all day. I got to graze on God and the Word of God all day long. And then there are sometimes I can just get a good meal and it lasts me okay. It is the blend. And I want you to begin thinking about what do you need because God wants to be involved with you in your life that you might emulate him and show him and show his magnificence in whatever personality that you actually have. And so these quadrants are about a way to help focus you on ways that might be helpful to you like scripture memorization has been to me. Um, The spiritual growth and traits, this next section is about each of these different areas in descriptions. So I would just give that to you to read through and see what you might like to um, look at. And then page number eight is a part of your homework. If you so choose, this is extra credit right here, page number eight and following. Your actual homework is breath prayers. I'd really like for you to try that. And whether you just do the walk around Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a man. Sometimes I pray about that. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, when I feel like I've blown it, um, I will just take that and I will use it in different ways. If you want to try that, then focus on that and see what you can actually do. But this now, starting on page number eight, has to do with praying according to your temperament. And so I would like for you to take a look at this. And if you have the time and the inclination, I'd like for you to try it. Because all the way through the rest of our class, I'm going to be reminding you of these pages to try. Just give it a shot. Start with your strength and see if that actually is something you like. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to pick your opposite and I'm going to have you do the thing that you don't like because it's good for you. It's like exercise. You've got to do it because all of these traits 
reflect the character of God. So what would you be missing if all you ever did what was, what, what was easy for you? So we're going to actually spend some time um, in this particular area. And again, it's kind of like a lab class. Do what you can and uh, come back and we're going to talk about it. So um, it is just a few minutes before eight. So I would like to close with a pastoral word of prayer for you, an elder prayer. And then if you still want to visit a little bit, you're welcome to, but you can certainly bolt um, and pick up kids and do whatever you want. There's no rush on my account. But let's, let's just ask the Lord's blessing on our um, prayerful connections with him. Lord, thank you so much that in the history of the church, people have worked to connect with you using scripture. And Lord, we bow before you and ask that scripture would be our road to you. That when we recite scripture or we memorize scripture or we might pick one of these prayers that um, the saints of old have said over and over again or the living creatures say around your throne, we pray, Lord, that you would help for us to actually make our connection with you. That we could personalize it so they're just not words that we feel weird saying. But teach us, Lord, about the power of your word to bring us to your throne of grace, to receive help when we need it. And we ask, Lord, that you would burst forth in our lives to give us what we need this week, that we might be holy and righteous and wise and kind and good in a culture that is becoming more and more the opposite of all of those traits. We ask, Lord, that you would embolden us and empower us, whether we do it quietly or we do it more noticeably, that all of our actions would point to you. Help us to listen well. Help us to pray through um, our conversations with people. And that in the end, Lord, keep us attached to you. So send us out to experience you this week by using these different methods that we're learning that we might actually get to know you better. That's the goal. Get to know you better. And that we would feel close And we would be able to have the resources, the spiritual resources we need to live the big lives you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to a Wednesday night class from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these classes or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.